Greetings and thanks for tuning in again. This is another episode of the clerics, plural, and the counselor. Hi. Welcome. So, Thank you. We're, we're here today to talk about a really hot topic in the church. And as you know, this is what we do as we discuss some of the hotter topics that are facing the Christian nation uh, as we navigate what it is to be a Christian in this world today. And no, no more challenges than we've had recently to be that. And if you heard Pastor Scott's message Sunday, he challenged us out of Romans 12 uh, that our bodies to be a living sacrifice and what all of that meant. And so we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that today and the influences that are out there in this world. So, Pastor, what would you like to say about uh, the influence of the news, the media, mm -hmm. Um, social media, including not just what's on the channels that we tune into. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the challenge that Scott gave us uh, last Sunday is something near and dear to my heart. And I've been talking about it for quite a while. We've been following the sermons. Uh, we've kind of been kind of on this track of talking heads. <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the, the mediums and the necromancers that advise the kings and the leaders and we kind of look at that and uh, think oh that, that was a long time ago the very simple people were very sophisticated mm -hmm. and I, I think we have our own types of mediums today mm -hmm. and and you know the, the job of the mediums back then uh, was not to do this mystic crystal ball thing that we see floating around in the little houses out on 29 and that mm -hmm. sort of thing but they were, they were social commentators that uh, would go to the kings and the leaders and, you know, the, the emperors and, and tell them what to make of current situations. You know, and what's going on out in the world, king, and, you know, here's what I think and here's what I think you need to do. And we have those people that analyze current events and tell us what to think about them. And... It's been a long time since I've been able to uh, watch the news and not hear somebody's opinion about something. And, uh, you know, I think to a certain extent that's probably been around. Would you agree that a lot of news has been influenced by opinion? But oh, yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean we're, we're at a time where it, I, I, I just see it as totally unprecedented that uh, very seldom do we hear all the facts. <laughs> we hear some of them uh, if it's conducive to the story, but not all of them. And, I, you know, I've been talking with my wife and say, well, sometimes we've got to be careful about what we're not hearing uh, as opposed to what we are hearing. Uh, you know, you can do a lot with statistics and that sort of thing. But what I see is, uh, by and large, uh, you know, there are honest journalists out there. We've talked about those before. Mm -hmm. That really have a desire to bring truth to the surface, but those don't seem to be the popular guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the idea that we have these people that tell us what's going on around us and what we should think about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, my my favorite phrase is people that tell us what to be mad about. <laughs> and uh, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are, you know, whatever segment of the population you belong to, whatever ethnicity you are, whatever political proclivities you have, there's somebody to tell you what to be upset about. Mm -hmm. and, 
And so we've got all these upset people. <laughs> and they tell us what to be angry about, and we respond. And, and we move from issue to issue to issue, and there's a never-ending series of things that we should be upset about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe that's the way the world functions. I don't know. There's some people that aren't happy unless they're mad. Well, and, and you right. know, I, I think we need to realize that yeah. too. But uh, anger is not the uh, state of the heart that a Christian is supposed to have. We're supposed to be peacemakers. We're uh, supposed to be people that have a message that is positive and life-saving and eternal. Mm -hmm. And um, boy, I, I think what grieved my heart the most is that message gets lost in the shuffle of everything. And so we've got, we've got all these folks telling us what to be angry about, the gospel goes out the window, the mission field becomes localized and uh, focused on a group of people who think like us and act like us and look like us. And, uh, and the outreach, is, it just goes away. Um, and it just seems to be getting worse with each year. What's your take on this? Well, I think one of the biggest factors in all of this is, you know, I was a journalist for, for 23 years, if you don't count college. And uh, during the 90s, when the internet started to become a thing, I remember going to uh, conferences where, uh, of, of journalists, and we'd be talking about how wonderful this internet's gonna be because we're gonna be able to, to get rid of all the filters and everybody's mm. gonna have a voice and, and so mm. on and so forth. And on the one hand, that's a good thing. But on the other hand, this is what it looks like when everybody has a voice. It's a cacophony. And nobody knows what to believe. And uh, so it's been grieving for me to watch that process happen. But the bottom line to all this is we have to realize that the reason the talking heads are, are so popular is because I think there's, there's a couple elements that go into that. Uh, one is that it's difficult to know what to believe about certain things, so we want to turn to the commentator mm -hmm. uh, who, who agrees with us, who tells us the things that we like to hear. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's, that's fine and good in one sense. Uh, however, uh, what can happen when you do that is that you turn a completely closed ear mm -hmm. toward any other view. And that becomes what governs your thinking about a certain thing. Uh, this country was founded, and there's Supreme Court decisions uh, that, that uh, establish this. It was founded on the, on the, the idea of the marketplace of ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have that now, but the problem is that it's an unrestrained marketplace. You know, we all know in business that there are, are, are uh, regulations and, and so on, some basic rules that, that govern things. And uh, because of the nature of free speech, we don't want to, you know, squelch free speech. But what we do want to have, and this is what went away with the decline of newspapers and, and what I would call, uh, you know, more rational journalism, uh, and, and when, I, when I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm uh, affirming that on both sides there are people who are not in the ballpark mm -hmm. of, of journalism. A commentator is not a journalist. 
journalism is about who, what, when, where, why, and how. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the basics of journalism. We've lost that because we're depending on people telling us, you know, mm -hmm. and the reason that we're doing that is because that's what we want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, if we all rose up and demanded that we don't want that anymore, what we want is who, what, when, where, why, and how, uh, then journalism would change back to what it, it should be. I was trained in that classical sense mm -hmm. of, of journalism. And so, uh, just as kind of an aside, um, when I hear people say uh, to the extreme that, that all the media is lying, that there's, the news is just all fake, and so on, and the people who present it are liars. I'm thinking to myself, are you calling me a liar? Because I did this for 23 years and I never once lied. I got things wrong occasionally, mm. um, but I never once did that. And I can think of only one or two instances where somebody did lie intentionally. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my colleagues on the Hill and here in town, when I was a journalist here in town, uh, they wanted to report things accurately and fairly. Mm -hmm. Now, of course there's going to be a liberal bent to that because most journalists are liberal. So I was kind of one, one in, in many uh, who, who was a believing, Bible-following Christian. And uh, so, um, so, but back to the, the technology aspect, this is what happens when everybody has an equal voice and you take away that filter of experts you remember, you know, in the days of a newspaper and you'd see on the front page, this is the, the really, 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 really important story of the day. And that judgment was based on people who knew how to make that judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, yeah, and then so on through the newspaper, you know, sort of in, in declining order of, of, of sort of importance for this day. Well, nowadays, on your news feed, everything looks equal. Mm -hmm. You know, you thumb through and you see who's, you know, some story about who's wearing, you know, the bikini right next to a story about healthcare, mm -hmm. and and so it becomes this big mishmash uh, that that is difficult to decipher what's truly important, mm -hmm. and so we've lost those filters, those good filters mm -hmm. that that we had, and so we I, that's all I say they're they're probably not coming back in the sense that they they were. Uh, but we've, we've got to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and, uh, and look for um, good sources of the news. Now, mm -hmm. that opens a whole other can of worms. Uh, but when I say news, I mean people who report who, what, when, where, why, and how. Without either a, and, and I may be ostracized for this, but without either a Christian perspective or a liberal perspective. Mm -hmm. we, want, we need to know first what the facts are. Mm -hmm. And journalism isn't doing a good job of that right now as a whole because there are so many uh, uh, entities that are included in the realm of journalism that really don't belong. Uh, there are uh, good stories in the Washington Post mm -hmm. and the New York Times and on NPR. There no. are, oh, well, I know, that's, that's really tough to, but there are also ones that are written from a liberal bent. I'm not afraid of that because I know where I stand. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be influenced by that. But what it does is it informs me that somebody else has a different point of view 
and it teaches me to be able to learn how to to think of them as human beings mm -hmm. who need the love of Christ rather than that's my enemy. Mm -hmm. and, and that, getting back to what John is saying, uh, that's the problem today is that so much is focused on telling you who to be angry at and why. And, and to take that a step further, sometimes that attitude that we get from the talking heads usurps our role as Christians mm -hmm. in our own minds. We, we begin to feel justified in lashing out in anger or hating somebody uh, because they're wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. What did he put us here to do? He put us here to love people with the love mm -hmm. of Christ uncompromisingly mm -hmm. without, without uh, for a moment, compromising our own faith in Christ. Uh, but we're here to demonstrate the grace that Christ has shown us. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Scott, talk a little bit about the challenge that you put out on Sunday for those viewers that may not have heard your sermon yet. Sure. Uh, what the challenge was is that for a month, until February 2nd, counting beginning from, from Sunday, uh, the challenge is to just take a fast from the news. There's, we need to know what's going on in the world and so on. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, with partaking of the news. But the idea here is, is to take a, take a break from the big argument that's going on, all the controversy and, and, and so on, and take a break from that second-to-second that -second news feed that, that we expect now. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about how uh, in the days of, of newspapers, uh, we, we would even read day-old news to get up to date because mm -hmm. you would get the morning paper, but maybe you have to run off to work so you don't get to read it till the evening, you know, or you watch the six o'clock news. And, but the internet has trained us. Uh, nobody, there's nobody who's trying to do this, but this is just the nature of the internet, has trained us to, uh, to think that we need to know everything right now. And that produces a lot of anxiety. And some of this is just plain psychological. Mm -hmm. And so if we can just take a step back from it for a month and start replacing that time that we would spend engaging in that with good and godly things. Set your mind on things that are above, not, not here on earth. To learn how, relearn maybe, uh, how to do that mm -hmm. so that uh, our, our relationship with God might be restored to a place maybe where it hasn't been in a long time. Mm -hmm. And then when we return to partaking of the news, we're going to have a better perspective on it and realize we don't need to know everything right now, and we don't necessarily need to engage in that, that argument that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I said on Sunday that, that there are very few things that we need to know right now mm -hmm. it, in this very moment. 9-11, we needed to know about. If a tornado's coming, we need to know about that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that for most of us, unless we have a job with the State Department, I don't think for most of us that we need to know uh, what the Chinese government said today. And we don't need to know what, uh, what awful thing Pelosi did or, or whoever your favorite uh, target is, you know. Uh, we don't need to know that. 
um, we mm-hmm. can we can know it later on. But, but even, it's okay. Even even furthermore, um, I, I think uh, the steady diet of information of data that comes by us is it's changing us. Yes. And uh, so it, it's not just a matter of whether somebody's liberal or conservative, right. um, but it becomes a matter of who's angry, uh, who's suspicious, yeah. who's paranoid, mm-hmm. uh, who is distrusting of everybody but the people that look and sound like me. Um, and so we, we've got this incredible stream of information coming at us that, that we have to absorb and process. Um, and uh, you know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, shows up again in Psalm 119, uh, the, the concept, there's an axiom out there that we become what we behold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, he talks about beholding the glory of God that we are being transformed into. Yeah. The idea that, that we are, uh, our hearts uh, are formed by what we behold, what we give our time to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my question, and this is what I loved about your challenge, uh, it, it, it should cause us to stop and think, what am I beholding? Mm-hmm. What am I pouring into my heart? Because that's what's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I'm pouring into my heart division, suspicion, paranoia, conspiracy theories all over the government's after me, the, the people that are not of our country are after me, uh, everybody's after me except these people that agree with me. Uh, distrust, fear. Uh, you know, somebody said something to me about, we've got to stop being afraid of the pandemic. And I agree. <laughs> we, we need to stop being afraid of the pandemic. But we need to be prudent that there is a pandemic. <laughs> So all these people lined up at the urgent care are there because they're sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so I've had people say all sorts of incredible things. Oh, there's not really a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, the, uh, and, and, you know, there are people outside this country that look at us sometimes and go, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you fighting over all this stuff? And, mm-hmm. and so uh, the idea that we behold this person who's angry, this person who's suspicious, this person who's distrusting, this person who's accusatory about everybody that looks differently, this person who's in fear, this person who has a conspiracy theory, and that's what comes flowing out of us. And if you're beholding, and and this comes from the news, okay, Uh, if you're beholding that, um, somebody told me uh, a couple weeks ago, how many hours? How many hours a day do you watch the news? And they said, well, well about six. Oh, wow, to me that's a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but you know I can understand. And, and but then the question comes: How much time are you spending in scripture? Mm-hmm. How much time are you reading about? I don't have time for that. And, and so I've, I've got time to behold all the worries of the world, but I don't have time to behold. That which will sanctify me. <laughs> that which will, will draw me closer to Christ. That which will fill my heart with joy and peace. Uh, and, and, you know, I, for those of us who have addictive personalities, I've got one. 
you know, I, I love that stuff that moves me, sometimes not in a good direction. And I've got to be careful that I don't immerse myself in it so much that I begin to become that. Mm -hmm. I was talking to you a little earlier about watching a cowboy show. Yeah. You know, and so, I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've had some time off. Kelly's down in Florida, you know, and then needs her prayers. Uh, but, uh, you know, when she comes home, things will probably change in the house. And, uh, but all of a sudden, I want to buy cowboy boots. And, 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 and to clarify, it's not the Dallas Cowboys, which would be my team. We're yeah. talking about the Western guys with the hats and the spurs. Oh, we don't want to get into stereotypes, John. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so, but, but I'm beholding these cowboys, and I want to be a cowboy. And, 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 so, and I think it's God showing me that, yeah, okay, John, you're, you're, you're talking about this. Mm -hmm. We become what we behold, and here's how it works. <laughs> Okay, because you know, the last thing in the world I need is a pair of cowboy boots. Okay, and uh, but but I, I, I want that. So, so if if we could find a way as a church to immerse ourselves mm -hmm. in those things that will sanctify us, those things that promise us peace, that promise us eternal security, you know, would that have a change in us? And so, now I've been fasting the news for three weeks, mm -hmm. and it ain't easy. <laughs> it ain't easy. I, I mean, every time I open up my, my web browser, there's something that draws my attention. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I think you're right. There's some things we need to know. But what does knowing what happened in Afghanistan this afternoon how does that impact the way I'm relating to you two? Mm -hmm. Or the, the cashier at the supermarket? Mm -hmm. How does it impact my witness, my testimony, in, in this town where I live? And I don't know that I need to know that. Mm -hmm. At least I don't know that I need to know it right away. And I certainly don't need to know it six hours a day. And I certainly don't need to know it the first thing when I wake up and the last thing when I go to bed at night. Uh, because the, the news right now, by and large, is worse than the plague that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's causing division, it's causing unrest, it's causing anger, and all those other things that we're talking about. So can we, can, can, can we have an oasis here in the middle of Warrington where our focus is on Christ? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a counseling parlance that says that you feel what you're focused on. Yeah. And if you want to change the way you feel, if you don't like the way you feel, change your focus. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying here too. And Pastor Scott, when you put out the challenge, one of the first things I thought of is, I'm going to miss something. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be informed like I really like to be informed. What would you say to the viewers about the, the sense of maybe missing something if we're fasting the news? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, what are we missing in our relationship with God by right. being so focused on the moment by moment, you know, gorging on the news. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the analogy that comes to my mind is, is uh, I, I had a friend in college who could eat like, I think his record was like eight hamburgers in a couple minutes, you know, and he would feel terrible for the rest of the day. Right. That's kind of what we're doing with with all of these issues just being barraged by, by all of this all at once. And uh, 
to kind of mix my metaphors here, when you're painting a, a wall, you know, or, or a room or anything, painting a painting, you have to step back once in a while and take mm -hmm. a look at it and see where you are. Right. And so uh, the, the, uh, the emphasis here isn't on, on uh, missing anything. The emphasis is on, on the blessing of spending mm -hmm. that time with the Lord instead of kind of retraining our minds right. uh, to be able to set our minds on the things that are above mm -hmm. uh, so that when we do return to the news, Mm. Our our minds are, are screwed together tight, and and we can we can handle that because simply because we have a better perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that idea um, because there there's the on, on one level there's the urgency we feel to know what's going on, but uh, what scriptures tell us is to know what God thinks about what's going on, <laughs> and uh, and and so what, where do I want to uh, assign my resources right. uh, do I want to assign my resources to understanding the Word of God understanding the character and nature of God better or understanding what's going on in the political scene mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and both of them have value mm -hmm. but only one of them has eternal value right. <laughs> yeah right. and so it, it requires a massive shift in our perspective on what we allow in yes yeah and so, you know, we're not called to be monks. Uh, we're, we're not called to be isolationists. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. Uh, well, what does that look like? Well, that looks like our, our highest priority is understanding our relationship with Christ and why God leaves us here subsequent mm -hmm. to our salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. I've said a million times, the only reason that the church is here is for the sake of the gospel. If God wanted us to have a better life, he would just take us to heaven the moment we got saved. Yeah. I mean, that'd be the best thing, right? He yeah. saved, bring them up here, let's get it done. Right. He leaves us here to be his ambassadors, to be his messengers. And so are we pouring what he has to say into our hearts? Because yeah. it's going to be a matter of whether or not uh, what comes out of our hearts is the word of God or the word of man. Right. <laughs> and, you right. know, for all the division that we're experiencing right now, uh, a lot of us are allowing the word of man to come pour out of our hearts. And, and, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Yeah, and, you know, maybe God has put us in this position to say, okay, this is what's happening to us. Don't let it happen to you. Uh, but for the idea that I, I have to know these things, I have to know what's going on, and, and, and how is that going to impact the way I shop at Safeway? Right. Yeah. Or Wegmans, if you go to Wegmans. <laughs> And, and, you know, how will that cause me to be uh, the aroma of Christ? I was at uh, my, I, I go to Anytime Fitness in town. Mm -hmm. and you probably, can go anytime. I, I, I can't go anytime. As a matter of fact, I might go right after this. But I, I was talking to the manager of the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just saying, hey, look, this is a good place to be. Nice. And, and she said, oh, great. You know, and she said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. She went, oh, you're a pastor. And I said, yeah. She said, you know, all I want to do in this place is be the aroma of Christ to the people that come in here. And, and I was convicted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, am I the aroma of Christ right. in the community? And it, do, is that my desire? Uh, and, well, you know, I need some talking heads to tell me 
you need to be the aroma of Christ in yeah. your community, yeah. not mm -hmm. you need to be upset over the vaccine or the pandemic right. or the political situation or, mm -hmm. or you know, the economy and all those other things. And, and so to me, that's what the fast is about. Yes. yes. It's not that we don't want to know what's going on. It's that what we want more is a closer relationship with our Father in Heaven. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how do we get that? By focusing on things above. Right. Uh, and so there's, there's to, to kind of sum up, I think what you've said is that going back to the, to the message from Romans 12 on Sunday, is that uh, this is what it means to be, to, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. We are in the here and now. We, we should know what's going on. We should be a part of life, you know, mm -hmm. as such as it is, you know, these days. Uh, but occasionally we do need to take that step back. To, to readjust our perspective, mm -hmm. because I think that that uh, in in a lot of ways, what we've allowed ourselves to do is to look to the talking heads to inform us of how to be a Christian, mm -hmm. and that isn't what we're supposed to do. Well, they're not godly we, people. That's right. They're not yeah. godly yeah. people. They can't. And even if they are, uh, our our uh, our focus needs to be on God's word and, mm -hmm. and the person and work of Christ. And his example, and uh, when we when we focus on him, uh, we are going to be more like him. Yeah. And we've all been given unique gifts in the body of Christ, and so we're not all going to act or God the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how yeah. could exactly. one person tell us how to do that? Right. right. Exactly. exactly. Any final thoughts on? Yeah, let me let me just throw this in. Um, for one thing, you know, we're we're going to supply. Um, a list of resources. Because I understand uh, there there are people that spend a lot of time, maybe not really sitting in front of their computer looking at news, but listening to it running all day long in the background. You know, it's in the car, uh, and so let's find a way to replace what's on our computer, what's in our car, uh, with the things above. Uh, I mean, there are all sorts of Bible apps. I use Dwell. It's a fantastic. Uh, I, I used to listen to uh, the news uh, and listen to WTOP when I was in the car, the first time it came on. And at some point I went, you know, every 15 minutes they say the same thing. <laughs> you know? And, and, and uh, so do I really need to know this right now? And uh, so I, I started listening to books. Um, and more recently I've been, you know, since I started fasting the news, <laughs> I've been listening to scripture. Uh, there are a number of ways that we can do that. There are other things we can do. There's a channel on cable TV called Redeem TV um, that, that has wholesome stuff on it, holy stuff. Uh, the Chosen. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about The Chosen. Few people understand it's free. You know, you can go to YouTube and find it. And, and, and it's a fantastic series, dramatized version of the Bible, uh, but certainly better to watch than, you know, something that's not quite as holy uh, and and so you and again we don't want to become monks but there are things we can fill our time with uh, that will cause us to focus on things above and and kind of uh, exacerbate this renewal of the mind that you spoke about on Sunday and and you know we need our minds renewed we need to step back and reassess every now and then here's a great time to do it it's the beginning of the year we start a Bible reading plan it's not too late, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, my heart says this, 
And this would be to you who are listening. How do you feel today? What's going on in your heart and your mind? Is, are, are you preoccupied with uh, the situation around us? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you scared? Uh, are you paranoid? Uh, do you think people are plotting against us? Uh, do this fast. Spend 30 days focusing on things, and then come back and tell me how you feel. Because I've been on it for three weeks, and I've I, I got to tell you something. It's a lot easier to be on it in the third week than it is the first. And, and now uh, they're, they're begin, being created in me a hunger and a thirst for the things above. Uh, so we fast because we want to make a sacrifice right. uh, for our Father. We, 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 we're going to put something aside. This is what our fast on Pray Day in 2021 was all about. We're going to spend one morning focusing on the prayer needs of the congregation and our Father in Heaven uh, instead of eating. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and it worked because we have a lot more people praying now than, than we did before. Mm -hmm. So can we do this with all this information that's come at us? Mm -hmm. Can we set it aside and devote that time we would have spent doing that with the Father. Okay, and, and to the degree, let, let me just challenge you this at home as well, that you say, oh, how can I possibly spend that much time focusing on the Word of God, focusing on the things of God? Isn't that what you're doing with the news already? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know the answer to the challenge. You know what's right. Can you do it? Can you do it? Or are, are we going to end up at the end of 2022, with even more distrust and anger and paranoia and, and so on and so forth, we have the capability to affect that change. But it has to start in us. Mm -hmm. And so we can't demand it of everybody else. There's a reason that, that I started fasting three weeks ago. We've been talking about this for a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I can't ask them to do it if I can't do it. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, again, I confess it's hard. Um, but the more you do it, it's just like any good habit. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And I want to encourage folks to, to think about that. Amen. Pastor Scott, any final thoughts? I agree with what John is saying, that, that uh, uh, it's, it's something we need to seriously consider doing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for all of the reasons he just said. And I think there's another aspect here uh, that, that I think is important, because maybe the news isn't your issue. Okay. But the point of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, is that we are all in the process of being sanctified. And if we haven't grown in our faith in a while, that should cause us to yeah. take notes. Very good. You know, so this isn't just about whether or not you watch the news. This is about are you constantly seeking hard after Christ? Are you constantly... Desiring to be more like Him, uh, and are you open to the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin uh, in the ways that He reveals that in your daily life? Uh, and if you are open to that, uh, then there's the follow-through of that: is that we repent of that sin and we strive to become more like Christ. And all of this takes effort. This isn't just something that happens automatically. We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It, it takes hard work. And 
you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've realized that I've been complacent on some things. And so, you know, it, it, when, when that realization comes, we've got to do something about it. You know, we, mm -hmm. we can't just sit and go, well, you know, God understands. You know, it's just hard for me. That really isn't an answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the answer is, Lord, I want to do whatever it takes, even though it's extremely hard for me to go in the direction of God's way. I'm going to do it with every fiber of my being. Oh, and we have, we have the perfect example for that, Scott, in Christ's sweat blood. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, asked his father to Amen. pass the cup on, and the answer was no. So Christ knows how hard it is to be a Christian. Amen. Yet, uh, yet Amen. he went so that he could send a helper to help us do it. Amen. I love that. that we, yeah. We're not on our own. We have the Holy Spirit to encourage us and help us. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't there a, a concept here that I keep hearing in all of your comments is that if, if we turn to something other than the Word of God for our peace, our comfort, then we've almost set that up as a God. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and, a good thought. And if, we, if we aren't going to the Word of God and fellowship with other Christians and fasting and praying, um, then we've replaced that. I mean, I may have to fast HGTV and not the news. I just don't watch the news. But yeah. have I spent more time there than I have in the Word of God? I oh, key point, the, because we're, we're not calling people to turn off the news and turn on HGTV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah don't replace it with something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you know, if, 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 if there are folks sitting at home saying, I don't have that problem, mm -hmm. okay, um, uh, or, or saying, I'm not being led to focus on things above. Okay, <laughs> right. okay. I mean, Scripture is very clear. Yeah. We, don't, we don't get the option of feeling led to obey commandments. Right. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so I had somebody come to me about baptism and said, I, 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 I'm not led to be baptized. Mm -hmm. I'll pray about it. And, you know, my response had to be, you don't pray about commandments, you obey them. <laughs> right there. You know, right. you, you've already been led. I mean, we've been led to and, and, and encouraged to obey the commandment to focus on things above. So. Well, pastors, I'd like to thank you for this time. It's been very informative. And turn it over to you all, too. If you have questions or comments, please write to the church or contact the pastors, and we'll be happy to answer them for you. Thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you.